I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Hey folks, Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're talking about today is heart disease. Now, a lot of you know the, the things that uh, are commonly known to cause heart disease, bad diet, fried foods, obesity, stress. But we're talking today about other things that you may not be aware of because if you come a, become a patient of ours or if you just listen to the shows, I want you to have all the tools you can to get well and stay well. Not just, hey, I gave up fried foods. I was laughing uh, uh, during Lent. A couple of my coworkers said, well, I gave up fried foods. And 12.01 Easter morning, they had French fries. And I thought, hmm, okay. You're not getting the message, are you? You know, you're supposed to take care of yourself. And I understand you gave up something for Lent, you know, make a sacrifice like Jesus did according to what the Lenten uh, traditions are. But going back and jumping into the French fries, that's not really a healthy thing, is it? Your body's a temple. You got to take care of it. So you might want to start to consider uh, changing your diet. If you don't know what to eat, go to my website, drjoe.com, and we have a, a, a lecture that we did called the, the Seven Deadly Sins of Nutrition. You want to listen to that one. Then we have a follow-up one, you can just type it in the search bar, called So What Can I Eat? So we talk about the bad foods you should eat and what you can eat. Here's the thing with food. You have to eat anyway. Why not eat good foods? Why would you do something knowing that it can be dangerous to your health? I wouldn't play Russian roulette with a gun. Why? I might win, I might not. When it comes to bad foods, you never win. So it's Russian roulette with all, all the chambers loaded with bullets. Now you're saying, well, I'm fine now. Yeah, but it's going to get you. Okay? Instant karma is going to get you, as, uh, as uh, the Beatles once said. No, John Lennon said it by himself. So instant karma is going to get you. But it's not instant. It may take a while. It's gonna ha- so why do it? There's so many good foods that you can eat. There's 120,000 good foods, I guess at that number, that you can eat. I don't know why you ate bad foods. If you don't know what to eat, listen to the shows on the website. And then I have a book called uh, Eating Right for the Health of It. Good guide on what to eat. Breakfast, lunches, dinners has over 200 recipes in it. Really easy and simple things that you can do. Because people always say to me, Dr. Joe, what do you eat? What should I eat? Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. 120,000 choices there. And in the book, I have recipes, Italian recipes, German recipes. I have salads in there, soups. I don't think you could eat all 200 of the recipes that are in there. Um, I guess you could, some people have, but if you did all that, then you pick out the ones you like and make that your new diet. Because most people will eat six or seven things. If I could somehow go back in the past year in your life and write down everything you ate, meal to meal, snack to snack, for a whole year, you would see a pattern of six or seven different things come up. Maybe it's fried chicken, maybe it's a burger, maybe it's, I don't know, french fries. You'd see the pattern develop. So all you have to do real simply is take those seven foods out and replace them with seven good foods. It's not hard, it's easy. And once you start doing it, it's great. I go to a lot of meetings. Uh, Orthopedists, neurologists, uh, hospitals invite me out to dinner all the time because they want to do business with me. They want me to refer patients to them, they want to refer patients to us, they want to know what we're doing, why we're so successful, why our success rate in patients is just off the chart. Everyone wants to find out what our secrets are. And I tell them, I have nothing secret here, it's on every show we've ever done, I think. And many times they, they don't realize, they don't think ahead or their, you know, their staff assistants will set it up and we'll go to a steakhouse. Go to a steakhouse and everybody's ordering steak and fried chicken or whatever it is. 
And I always say, listen, I don't eat meat. I'm a, I eat plant-based. And I was at a really fancy steakhouse the other day with a couple of attorneys. And the waiter said, any specific restrictions? Really high in place. And I said, I'm vegan. He took my weight menu. He said, you are good. I got a handle for you. And they brought out asparagus and, 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 and Brussels sprouts and gosh, what else was in there? Uh, uh, zucchini, big piece of tofu. And it was just spectacular. And it was absolutely some of the best veg vegetables I've ever had. They ordered a little piece of fish. Their meal, $25, $30. I forget how much it was. My meal, $14. Everyone at the table is looking at me going, you got a lot more food. It looks a lot better than mine. It is. That's the cool part about this. So it's not hard. It's easy. If you don't know what to do, again, it's all on the website. So I want you to start eating better. So some interesting facts. Um, a new study finds, we're talking about heart disease today. I, gotta, I uh, drifted off there for a second. New study finds that too much sleep can add to heart problems. If we heard me talk about not enough sleep, how about too much sleep? Researchers discovered death and disease of the heart or blood vessels in the brain might uh, be more likely to affect people who had more than eight hours of sleep a day compared to those who slept between six and eight hours. So too much sleep, too little sleep, you gotta get that Goldilocks zone. 5% greater risks of suffering such incident for those who slept six to eight hours. 17% higher risk for people sleeping between nine and 10 hours. So people, so if you don't sleep too, too little or too much, you got a problem. If you do sleep too little or too much. Uh, 10 hours a day. Uh, for those sleeping more than 10 hours a day, had a 41% increased risk of cardiovascular disease or death. So if you sleep more than 10 hours a day, you're really pushing it hard. If you sleep too much, uh, if you sleep too much regularly, uh, say more than nine hours a day, then you might want to visit us to get a checkup. Because some people say all the time, Doc, I'm so tired all the time, so tired all the time. Let's find out what it is. Why are you so tired? Why are you sleeping so much? Something's wrong. It could be that you're not digesting your food properly. Your food breaks down to nutrients, which then feeds the body and gives you fuel. So if you're not breaking down your food properly, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, uh, Crohn's disease, acid reflux, heartburn, constipation, gas, bloating, these could be signs that you're not absorbing your nutrients properly. And maybe we can help you fix that with chiropractic care, fixing the stomach, uh, nutrition, pretty important. Maybe you have uh, pain. Pain is exhausting. How many people have had pain in their lives? I have. Got a horrible car accident when I was 10 years old. Got hit by a car in Germany. Landed on my head, they thought I was dead. They actually left me on the side of the road. This is way before cell phones. They had to drive into town, get, a, get somebody, an ambulance had to come out. It's it farmlands in Germany. And they thought I was dead. And ever since then, I've had chronic pain on the left side of my head. So chiropractic care absolutely positively saved my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I see what happens every day, but my story as well. And when I start getting headaches, I have to go get adjusted. But when I have the headache and I don't have a chiropractor available to me, I get exhausted. So pain can be exhausting, which could be why you're sleeping so much. So let's find out why you have the pain. Get to the cause of the problem, not just treat the symptoms. That's always been my approach. In healthcare, I want that to be your approach too, because it's way more effective than any other way. How about certain heartburn medications? How many people take heart heartburn medication or acid reflux medication? Heartburn drugs may increase the risk of heart attack, and if you're among the 20 million Americans taking acid-inhibiting drugs to treat your heartburn, if you are, please beware that for most, the risks far outweigh the benefits, as there are plenty of alternative effective strategies to eliminate heartburn without the serious side effects. So you think, well, I only have to take the prescription, now the over-counter stuff. No, 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 no. There's many other things we can do. We're going to talk about that. Previous research clearly shows that something called proton pump inhibitors, PPIs, are severely overprescribed 
and they're misused. PPIs are among the most widely prescribed drugs today. When patients come in my office, my doctors always ask, do you take any medications? Blood pressure, number one. Diabetes, number two. Cholesterol, number three. And right in the mix there is acid reflux medications. And I love when people say that because now we can say we have alternatives. So annual sales of $14 billion a year, billion dollars a year on, on this proton pump inhibitors. This despite the fact, this is the key with PPIs, they were never intended to treat heartburn in the first place. PPIs for the most, are the most powerful class of antacid drugs. And they're actually designed to treat a very limited range of severe problems. So if you have bleeding ulcers, uh, Zollinger-Ellison syndrome. This is a rare condition that causes excess stomach acid production. If you've, uh, and if severe acid reflux, not just run-of-the-mill acid reflux. You have to have an endoscopy to confirm your esophagus is damaged. Then the proton pump inhibitors can be used. Proton pump inhibitors were never intended for people with basic heartburn. And this is according to Mitchell Katz, the director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. About 60 to 70% of people taking these drugs have mild heartburn and shouldn't be on them. Let me say that st statement again. 60 to 70% of the people taking this should not be on them. How many of you take them? Raise your hands. A lot of you. I know you do. So if you're taking proton pump inhibitor drugs to treat your heartburn, understand that you're only treating the symptoms. You're in no way addressing the underlying cause. And by doing so, you're exposing yourself to another potentially more dangerous heart condition uh, like heart problems. Uh, the drug has side effects. By definition, drugs have side effects. So the drugs were initially released during the first years of my practice, way back in the late 80s. And it's important to note that these drugs could only be obtained by prescription and were not recommended for use for more than one week. It's supposed to take it for one week and then stop. Today, they're sold over the counter and frequently used continuously by many. Raise your hands if you're one of them. I bet you are. So this recommendation is, uh, is to use for a maximum of two weeks at a time. Again, if you're not going to do one, two maximum, no more than three times a year. People take it sometimes three times a day. But many ignore this and stay on it for longer. Now, infection with something called C. diff, it's a harmful intestinal bacteria. And this uh, risk is particularly heightened in children who can, that can be caused by overuse of PPIs. It's also important that you realize while the PPI suppress the production of stomach acid, which in some severe cases might be warranted, if you have that condition we talked about, short-term, not long-term. A vast majority, about 95% of heartburn cases, are not caused by too much stomach acid, ready for this, rather by too little. So what happens is you, you, you eat food, and you have something called pepsin and pepsinogen, hydrochloric acid, and it gets in your stomach, and it breaks proteins into amino acids. Then these partially broken down amino acids pass into the small intestine where the pancreas kicks in, and the pancreas essentially squirts out protease, which breaks them down even further, unravels these proteins so that they can be absorbed, the amino acids. If you don't have enough stomach acid, the food sits in your stomach for too long and essentially rots. Carbohydrates ferment, proteins for, uh, putrefy, and they sit in the stomach for too long, and so many times what's coming up into your throat is not stomach acid or totally stomach acid, it's lactic acid. The food is rotting in your stomach and that's what's coming up into your throat. So it's not that you have too much stomach acid, you have too little stomach acid. You get the acid burning, we shut down the acid production, which short term might solve the symptom, 
But long term, it creates a problem because you don't have the acid to break the protein into amino acids, so it sits in your stomach for too long. So that's why people take one and it kind of works, and they say, okay, I'm okay, and I'm going to take another one, take another one, and then you, you're creating the problem. So you have too little. So hence, taking these drugs will actually worsen your condition over time. So reducing stomach acid also diminishes your primary defense mechanism against foodborne pathogens. That's why I have a lot of people come in with food poisoning, and many, I'll ask them, the first question I'll ask is, are you taking any proton pump inhibitors or anything that's suppressing your stomach acid? And the answer is yes, in many cases. So if you're lowering your defense ability for foodborne pathogens, you increase your risk of food poisoning. So proton pump inhibitors simply do not, they do nothing to treat the underlying cause of the pain or the ulcer. More recent research has linked proton, proton pump inhibitors with increased risk of heart attack even if you have no prior history of cardiovascular disease. So given the underlying biology and the effect of these drugs in reducing nitric oxide in the body, the observed association is not really surprising. Now, nitric oxide, it's called NO, NO2 actually, is, has an effect on relaxing your blood vessels. So by reducing your nitric oxide in your blood vessel walls by taking the proton pump inhibitors, they may actually increase your risk of heart attack. So let's talk for a second about nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is produced in your body. It opens up your blood vessels and allows the blood to flow freely. It can lower your blood pressure because it opens up the blood vessel, drops the pressure. As we get older, especially after 40, your nitric oxide production plummets. And this is when we start to see things like, I forget things. My brain isn't working. I did a show on Alzheimer's last week about that. Go to the website and listen to it. Uh, romantic problems. You don't function like you used to because nitric oxide is a vasodilator. It opens up the blood vessels. Uh, your ability to process things quickly drops because the nitric oxide is getting weaker or lower as we get older and the blood vessels are becoming stiffer. So by taking things like proton pump inhibitors, we may be reducing the nitric oxide even further. So what's a good source of nitric oxide? Beets. I would do a beet powder because beets have a lot of sugar in them. Now you can do beets, make sure they're organic or beet powder is great. Uh, arugula. Arugula is a lettuce type product and it's very high, much higher in nitric oxide capabilities than beets. Or how about Dr. Joe's nitric oxide? It's a supplement. It's on the website, drjoe.com. And boy, does it ever work. I can't take it in, uh, in, uh, at night because it keeps me awake. It gives me so much energy. I have to take it in the morning. So if you're on proton pump inhibitors, I would say come see us. And we talk about fixing or adjusting the stomach down away from the diaphragm. We check the nerve supply from the spine to the digestive system. We get you on things like nitric oxide, Dr. Joe's digestive enzymes, get you off the bad foods, get you on some good foods, and in most cases, it's amazing. But here's the most important thing. All that is nice, but the stomach breaks proteins into amino acids. Amino acids become neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are chemicals in your nervous system that makes the nervous system fire off electrical impulses. As a chiropractor, my team of doctors and I have a concern, making sure your nervous system is working at 100%. So instead of treating the symptoms, why don't you come see us and let's see if we can treat the cause. And that goes for neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, sports injuries, car accidents. If the car was damaged, you were in, you were damaged. You are not stronger than your car. So if you have health problems, I want you to make a decision right now. Go to my website, drjoe.com, and make an appointment. Stop suffering needlessly. Patients complain all the time. I mean, I get, I, I cont patients contact me seven days a week. Why didn't I do this sooner? I've had this for years. How come nobody else ever told me about this? How come nobody else mentioned chiropractic care, adjusting the stomach, or getting a diet straightened out? My answer is I don't know. But my statement to you is just get it done. Go to my website right now, make an appointment for you, your friends, your family, and your children. 
I cannot tell you how many children we see in our offices. We're very children friendly. And it's amazing. When you fix somebody's kid, parent is very happy with you. So we love that feeling of a parent going, thank you for saving my child. So we want to help get you well and keep you well. We work with most insurance companies. Uh, we try to match your benefits the best we can. Just go to my website, make the appointment, and you can, if you have questions, call the office. And uh, Atlanta area offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. Around the country, we can do phone consults. So we're talking today about weird things that can uh, increase your risk of heart disease. So we talked about uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease. They call it GERD. And those people who took PPIs had a 16% increase in the risk of heart attack. Now, before we get into treatment, let's discuss actual causes of heartburn. We talked a little bit about treatment already, but I want to go a little further into it, uh, as this will help explain why acid blockers are so detrimental. Heartburn, referred to acid reflux, is characterized by burning sensation uh, originating from behind the breastbone. Sometimes it travels into your throat. Heartburn is the hallmark sign of a gastroesophageal reflux disease, also known as peptic ulcer disease. And in, most ca in some cases, the severe burning is severe enough to be mistaken for a heart attack. And this is where I want to get into this. Patients come to us many times and say, Doc, I was having chest pain. One of my staff members, I won't say who, because a lot of you know them, was having chest pains, rushed to the doctor, and she has other health issues as well. And they did all the tests, couldn't figure out what it was. So it was smart that she did that. If you have chest pains, absolutely go get a check. And she came in and we found that she was coughing the day before, and it, apparently she pulled a muscle in between her ribs, and her stomach was pushed up against her diaphragm. So a lot of people think they have heart disease, they get it tested, nothing's wrong. Well, that's great, but I'm still having the pain. It could be the acid reflux. The other thing with acid reflux, the acid can come up into your throat and into your sinuses. So a lot of people have chronic sinus problems. We fix their stomach, the acid stops going up into the sinuses, and it works. Chronic cough. You know people go, <coughs> all the time. That's usually a sign of acid reflux. One of my friends had that, but he was pretty overweight. And we adjust his stomach, it would help a little bit. I said, you've got to lose the weight, you've got to lose the weight. He finally lost the weight, and I didn't see him for a few weeks, and he lost like 30 pounds. And I was talking to him, and I said, you know what? He said, what? I said, you're not coughing anymore. He went, I'm not. You're right, I didn't realize it. So it's really important that you fix the stomach. Not take, if you have to take the PPIs, again, I'm not your medical doctor. You can do what you want, but I want to get to the cause of the problem. But it can increase your risk of heart disease, and the acid cannot get into the throat, and it can fake those pains of heart attack. So what's responsible for the painful effect? After food passes into your esophagus, it goes into your stomach. And there's a little valve called the lower esophageal sphincter, and it opens, lets food drop in, and then it closes and prevents the acid from coming back up. Acid reflux occurs when the lower esophageal sphincter relaxes inappropriately, allowing the acid from the stomach to flow or reflux back up into the esophagus. The conventional rationale that acid reflux is caused by excessive amounts of acid in your stomach is usually incorrect. Excessive acid production is actually an extremely rare condition, and the vast majority of acid reflux cases are in fact related to hiatal hernia. Also, there's something called Heliobacteria pylori, or H. pylori, and uh, uh, it, it's an imbalance. In the early 1980s, a fellow named Dr. Barry Marshall, an Australian physician, discovered that the organism called Heliobacteria uh, pylori can contribute to the chronic low-level inflammation in your stomach, which is largely responsible for the production of a lot of the acid reflux symptoms. So for years, if you, had a, if you had burning in your stomach, we tried to neutralize the stomach acid. Turns out that wasn't working, and this is why. So one of the explanations for suppressing the stomach acid uh, is so that the, it, it's ineffective, and when you decrease the amount of acid, 
because that suppresses the body's ability to kill off the H. pylori. High acid kills off the H. pylori, it keeps it in check. When the acid is low, the H. pylori starts to reproduce itself, creates an irritation in the stomach, there's your, there's your ulcer. So this doctor from Australia who did the research realized it wasn't too much stomach acid that was causing the ulcers. We thought it was eating a hole in your stomach. It's too little acid allowing the H. pylori to exist. So one of the traditional medical treatments or conventional treatments is to give you antibiotics to kill off the bacteria. Does it work? Absolutely. There's a problem. Antibiotics are not site-specific. They don't go to just the stomach and work. They go through your whole body. And if you've listened to my shows in the past, you've heard me talk about antibiotics and how they can kill the good bacteria as well as the bad bacteria. And the bacteria are directly linked to your brain function, into your immune system. So if we can avoid antibiotics, now, if you have to take them, take them, absolutely. But if you can avoid them, that's what we want to do. So suppressing the stomach acid production only tends to just worsen and perpetuate the condition. So while it would seem logical uh, to attempt to eradicate this organism, Dr. Marshall suggested uh, it's clearly not the ideal approach. Now that we understand the heliobacteria uh, can be actually be part of your normal healthy microbiome or the bacteria in your colon, uh, this is when it becomes an imbalance by the other bacteria that it becomes a problem. So this typically occurs as a result of poor food choices in your diet. Once again, back to you causing the problem. Additionally, contrary to popular belief, heartburn is often associated with having too little stomach acid to begin with. Uh, a simple strategy to address this is swap out your processed table salt, your white table salt, with the unprocessed version, things like Himalayan salt, Celtic salt, air-dried sea salt. So it's the only kind I have in my house. I don't even have the white table salt. So by consuming enough raw material, you encourage your body to make significant amounts of hydrochloric acid, stomach acid, naturally. So the Himalayan salt does not only provide you with the chloride, sodium chloride, that your body needs to make hydrochloric acid, it contains over 80 trace minerals that your body needs to perform at its optimum level. So biochemically, research also has shown that things like sauerkraut juice are among some of the strongest stimulants in your body to produce stomach acid. When I was a kid, I have German grandparents, if you had an upset stomach, my grandma would give you something called bitters. Now we use that, you might know bitters as a part of your, your drinks, but bitters can stimulate digestive enzymes. If you're getting older and your enzyme levels are getting low, I recommend taking an enzyme support. Dr. Joe's Supergreens, Dr. Joe's Essential Source are raw, mostly raw, so they have active enzymes in them. Then Dr. Joe's enzyme support or digestive enzyme support is something I said this earlier, I take whenever I eat a cooked meal. Because as I'm getting older, I don't digest food like I used to. So when I take the digestive enzymes, it's amazing. Now digestive enzymes can also be used if you have a lot of aches and pains. Because if you, like I, I did a lot of yard work a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this I think on the show, and I, I knew I was gonna be sore. So I took some digestive enzymes, almost no soreness. Because the enzymes can help break down inflammation as well. And enzymes are the thing that most people never talk about, but it's probably one of the most important things you can have in your body. So another benefit is that it can provide you with valuable bacteria, back to my sauerkraut, uh, probiotics to help balance and nourish your gut. But here's the thing. If you're gonna do cabbage juice or sauerkraut juice, it has to be non-pasteurized. Because once you pasteurize it, you kill off the good bacteria. Just like with yogurt. People say, well, Dr. Joe, I take yogurt because I took antibiotics and it has probiotics in it. Well, it does until it's pasteurized. And then once it's pasteurized, it kills off the probiotics. Another supplement on the website, Dr. Joe's probiotics. 
So I tell people, if you have digestive issues, if you're taking antibiotics, if you're exposed to things that might be killing off the bacteria in your colon, I recommend you take the probiotics as well. So my uh, supplement protocol, I always have Dr. Joe Supergreens and Dr. Joe Essential Source every day. Nitric oxide helps increase circulation. <clears throat> B vitamins are necessary for nerve function. So if you're not eating a really good diet, an essential source has B vitamins in it, you can take Dr. Joe's B complex. If you're eating cooked food, digestive enzymes. But the goal is that you eat the good foods so you need less supplements. But most of us aren't doing that, and that's why we have the supplements. So all the supplements we talk about are on the website, drjoe.com. We have over 1,000 hours of podcasts on there. I want you to do something, too. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel because we take a lot of our shows, almost all our shows, and put it on there. And many times it's not something we do on radio or television. We may do a breakout lecture, and we put that there as well. So it's really good information, and we want to give you this information every chance you can because this is great for your brain. It's great for your health. It's great for you knowing to help other people get well. So if you're serious about wanting to get well, and I'm assuming you are because you listen to my shows, I want you to go to my website, drjoe.com, make an appointment to come see us. Most people think chiropractic, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain. We're really good at that. My team of doctors, we're some of the premier experts in pain management. But we also want to check the nerves that go to the organs. We want to check your stomach. We want to check your foot, your knee, your ankle, your shoulder. We want to get everything lined up the best we can, get your digestive system working, and get you on the food and the supplements that you need. So if you want to get the supplements, you can go to the website and order them, or come by our offices. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge in the Atlanta area. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito at the website, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on the WSB Radio app.